0: Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, to another episode of Totally Arsenal. Uh, I'm Mone and my co-host, as usual, Aiden.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. I hope you're all doing well. So, we, we come off the back of a defeat against Man City. Today, we take on Chelsea. It's going to be a real tough game, but I actually feel that if we look at the positives and negatives of the previous game, we can come out on top today.
0: Yes, uh, I think uh, like where I see the mistakes we made in the first half. We seemed very nervous with regards to this new reign of Emery, and I just think we were over cautious, and that kind of choked us up in that first half. And like second half, you could see the character was slowly coming back in the squad. The positivity of Quindosi always driving us forward, and I think also when the subs were made, you could see there was also like an extra kick, and Arsenal could kick into another gear. Because I felt one of that negatives or kind of sore points that stuck out for me was, you know, the lack of of awareness from people like Zaka, uh, uh you know, he's running and that in the game just got worse and worse as the game won. on. Uh, people like Ramsey weren't as effective that I thought, like the way I thought they would be. And I mean, I also felt sorry for Maitland-Niles because, I mean, he was totally left vulnerable uh, through and leaving that gap always open, allowing them to overlap. Only when Maitland-Niles sadly came off and China came on, that's when you had to see, that's when, when uh, you know, Man City had to think twice about that overlapping runs.
1: Yes, that's what Kyle Walker was having free reign. It was actually quite scary the first 20 minutes of the game when Kyle Walker was just bombing like that. It's like they used Riyad Mahrez as a decoy, just sold the ball, come inside and playing it on the overlap. I also feel that Arsenal seemed to be a bit i guess say, still that old Wenger way, still kind of was stuck in some of the players, that side-to-side passes, and as you said, very cautious. They weren't going at City as we thought they would maybe start coming out of the traps on fire, especially... Having a full preseason over the Man City players who actually didn't have as much of a preseason as we did, so I was but disappointed how we didn't press them on that as well.
0: I mean one one thing that concerned me also was, you know, this like a knee jerk reaction from the defeat amongst certain quarters of the Arsenal fan base. You know, you would have thought, you know, it was the end of the world the way things were going on. I mean, it, it's, this, this whole thing is going to take a process. It was not, it wouldn't, it was never going to be simple after, you know, 22 years of Wenger. So I just think we should, you know, take our time. You know, it's going to, it could be a rocky patch still. But I think we must get behind the manager, get behind the, the team as well. Because look, he's starting to mold the team into, uh, uh, um, Una Emery type squad So I think we should just let You know, let it go with the flow Kind of thing, because for me also though, the, the amount of ex-players I saw Come out after one game, I mean I was really shocked to hear people like You know, club legends like Tony Adams Talking out about that, and yet You know, look, he failed as a manager Badly in Spain, so I mean He should know for himself how things Were going, as a taking, especially taking over A club as big as Arsenal
1: Look, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think Arsenal, or I wouldn't say the fans, I think the more the pundits and the ex-Arsenal players should actually look at it as a building process. I mean, remember there was an opportunity that was given to Wenger when he said, oh no, Arsenal's is the rebuilding phase when we sold the likes of Vieira, Gilberto, All those players just went out and they, we said, let's have patience. So I feel that today also... I mean, last week, Sunday, wasn't a proper benchmark to look at the Arsenal squad. I mean, they got blown away against... I mean, Chelsea got blown away a few weeks ago against Man City, and then they kind of demolished Huddersfield. So Man City just seems to be one of those <laughs> teams that will take any team apart. So And it was a very tough first game for Emery. So I don't think any criticism is really justified at all. I mean, at the end of the season, I think we look at it and we give him another full season to make things right.
0: Because I just think, uh, you know, with regards to the squad, the way the things are run at the moment, we should like, you know, let it... Uh, it's not like we're in the rough waters right now and we will have to, you know, ride this thing out. Because, I mean, the potential is there. I mean, you can see... We've got like this. He has to sort of balance the squad again into, you know, mixing the young and the old as well as the experienced heads that have come in. Because I mean, I feel positive. Even though you, I just think Arsenal fans should sometimes also take like when you, when the match is finished, you know, switch off the TV. Don't still, you know, listen. Because for me, that that pundits are the ones sometimes also or the, those online articles or things like that. They put that seed of doubt in your head, almost like oh, it's all coming. Crashing down on us. Also, like I saw the other day, with uh, there was an article I read something with with um, you know we like forced to sell and for this is we forced to do this. The same way that that article got to get Arsenal fans in a frenzy with the the fifty million uh, spending budget. Because I mean, the, the thing, uh, Cl- Arsenal have has money. I mean, it's not like you know we are scraping the the pennies and things together. Arsenal is a rich club, so I mean we should. You know, let, let those that are doing their job do their job and not listen to every time what this pundit says or what that journalist says. Because for me, it's just almost like click. Everything is like clickbait, you know, trying to get you to, you know, go on these big, you know, those, those big websites or big online newspapers and things like that. It's like they just want you to, you know, get stir up things. Also, like Talk Sports, another channel, yeah, uh, radio station, you yeah, know, that, that like, you know, stirring up things with Arsenal fans. So, I mean, I like speaking for myself now, I. After the game, now I switch off, and then also with with I enjoy sometimes listening to pundits. But afterwards, you it becomes like white noise, so you rather just block that out. And if you want to over like analyze things, do it a few days after. Maybe you disappointed, or it you was especially after after defeat. Then you can rather over analyze days later where you are feeling more clear in your head, and that and that's the way to go.
1: One thing for sure is that the team showed a bit more fighting spirit. I mean, I think, I don't like to compare the two, but the Wenger team probably would have folded very easily after that first goal. I think the team showed a bit of tenacity. They slowly came back. And I think when Lacazette came on the field, it kind of, Aubameyang was very quiet in the game. And up until Lacazette came on, Arsenal started making movement. And for me, the biggest disappointment was for me, was Ozil. I thought he would have stepped up coming back from a World Cup. It was a bit of a disappointment, all the heat on him. I thought he would have stepped up. I mean, he's the at the moment the main guy at Arsenal, the number 10. He's everything. So for him not to have pulled pulled his weight in such a big game was a bit disappointing. So, for me, I think that needs to be worked on. I think even Mkhitaryan probably shouldn't be maybe starting in the same team week in, week out, especially these tough games when you need people to grind. So, I think maybe Lacazette should maybe come in for this Chelsea game and then give them something more to actually think about. For me, who impressed me as well was the guy that you called, Guendouzi. He was terrific. And where Xhaka should worry is that they decided to take him instead of a 19-year-old who's playing his first game in the Premier League, that speaks volumes. And to an era for me as well, showed a bit of tenacity when he came on. So for me, if we can play the two of them in the midfield, start building a partnership with him, then maybe selling Rams wouldn't be a bad idea in January or something like that. And bringing in maybe a a winger who likes to get chalk on his boots.
0: I mean, uh, with regards to Guidozi, Xhaka, that debate, for me, look, you don't see it much of Jaka of for Switzerland when he plays. I mean, uh, Gladbach, I've seen him in and out when he was there. But for me, now seeing, hes like, uh, you know, you give him the benefit of the doubt and you think, okay, you know, the next game or the next month or the next season would be better. But he's still showing that same, you know, he's kind of error prone with that caught in possession or he tries, look, sometimes when it comes of, it's fantastic to watch these long-range passes. But there's times when he tries these audacious passes, and, I mean, it, it fails or it either drops short or it's straight to an opponent. And then it's like, you know, he just shrugs his shoulders and he does not think, okay, I have to drag back. I have to make up for my error. Then he'll just let it go. And, I mean, that uh, I was just watching that, that first goal again uh, the other day of, of Man City when Sterling cut inside. yes. Bellerin and Gondosi allowed him to come in, but then you look at at what Xhaka is doing because look, Sterling is also coming from midfield and that passes are being spread uh, across. He allows that ball to you know just go past him and he just you know then he, he doesn't have that, that that neck of I've got to take responsibility for this. I've got to cut off the you know the supply line here or yeah. throw my body somewhere. He just lets it go and. That's also like you see that 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 errors that he had under Wenger rearing its head again.
1: Perhaps they'll maybe work on that in training because it was there was one article where Wenger doesn't really correct his players' mistakes. I think it was Jaka's agent who said that, or the Drabs's agent who said, Yeah, that. one of it. Yeah. So uh, let's see, maybe Emre works on him because the potential of Jaka is there, there is something there. But like you also mentioned, he's, he's very much error-prone. He'll play a, a pass that suddenly puts his team in danger or mm-hmm. he's not tracking back. It's something that he needs to work on. Maybe he needs to sit out because last season he was making mistake after mistake and you would find he's probably the first name on the team.
0: Yeah. Sheet.
1: So he needs to actually... There needs to be some fire on him and maybe a Torreira and Guentosie starting will suddenly make Zraka realise that I'm not irreplaceable and starts he will start stepping up and another guy you also mentioned was Ramsey, yes he came from a bit of a niggle but I expected more from him actually I thought he would be the also in with the one of the leaders to push us forward against Man City but I don't know maybe this contract situation is weighing on his head.
0: Mm. But you know, with regards to Xhaka, again, I mean, I'm, I don't know to hop too long on this topic, also. But you know, when I look at him sometimes, and I, you know, in the back of my mind, then I'm wondering, shouldn't he be rather playing in a league, you know, where it's a bit slower? Where, I mean, like when you watch him, he, he gets the ball, there's a guy coming behind him, then he'll take the ball and you'll stop and you'll think, okay, I can still have time to turn or I'll still have time to you know, pick out something. Then when you look at it, I mean, you you talking about the Premier League, one of the fastest, toughest leagues in the world, and then you see them, you know, chomping on his heels there, and then he's end up either being toppled over or he's just kicking the ball randomly, like a blind pass, and which gets intercepted. And then, you know, then I think to myself, you know, you could have made it way easier on yourself if you just, you know, took on the ball, turn, move forward, just keep the game going forward. Because people like him is also like... That's so why I get sometimes frustrated also with somebody like like Nenny. I mean, I like him as a footballer, but sometimes he just has this knack of, of slowing the game down. And you have seen, yes, yes, it's fine to have people that can, you know, take the pace off of a, a certain game or when it's a certain tempo and you need to, you know, catch your breath. But when I look at any of these, like if you look at any of the top five sides, they have these midfielders that, you know, just take the ball turn and go towards the opponent's goal. That's it. No – I'm going to stop, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to play a 20-yard back pass or a little safety, uh, you know, a safe five-yard pass to the side. You don't see that that often. Sometimes, yeah, they are. But uh, if you you look at somebody like Kante, that guy's head is always up and forward, up and forward, and he's moving and keeping that that flow going. United used to have that with Carrick. He might not be a fantastic footballer. I mean, like, you know, a baller type of thing, but he's also somebody head up, move, Jordan Henderson as well. Not the that quick of a player, but the brain is always ticking going forward. So he's always taking the ball on passing, getting it out to his feet and forward.
1: If you look at the mo- like the most successful teams now over the past few seasons in the Premier League, you need one of those type of players in your team to take you all the way to win the title. United, like you mentioned, had that with Carrick. Then you go to City when they had that Yaya Tore, when he was just pushing them forward that 2013-14 season. After that, Chelsea had that kind of Matic with Fabregas, so they had that forward-thinking mm. player. Then, season after that, it was Leicester with Kante, and Kante's been role, um, doing that role, and then City again had it last season, so it's it's kind of important to Arsenal gets that player in their team. I, I think that's one of the vital cogs to, to make you actually win the Premier League, that player that pushes the team forward, because We've been lacking that season after season. You see Arsenal pushing up. somebody stops, looks back back and plays a back pass. And you can hear the the groan at the Emirates. Many times you hear the groans at the Emirates.
0: Okay, now, you know, let's draw a line there by the City game. So now we look forward to the Chelsea game this afternoon. Any key points, key players that stand out or things you want to point out?
1: For me, Liechtenstein has has to start. He showed uh, the massive improvements to solidify the team. On the left hand side is a right back that showed massive class. I think he start, should start with Teresa Guendozi. And like I said, can maybe come in for Mkhitaryan No pushing Obama Young wide. I think we need to press, George, I think what's his name, Jorginho. Maybe try to press that guy because he's the. Kind of a partnership with Kante who I watched Chelsea's game versus Huddersfield and he seemed to get a lot of the attack started because all of a sudden now Kante plays a bit more advanced role now because this Jorginho guy sits now and he's kind of like a quarterback role, distributing the ball. So I think if we can close him down, we can kind of maybe suffocate him a bit to not spray the ball as much and limit Kante's forward movement because now he has a more forward, but a stronger base behind him for where he can push forward. So we need to be, I feel, tactically clever in this game. Push hard on Jorginho. And I think Torero and Guendosi needs to start this game. Anything on your side?
0: Um, from what I heard, I think yesterday on Sky News they said uh Nacho should be back at left back. So uh, that's again a natural outlet on the left, you know, with a left footer now being able to whip crosses in. And probably be a bit more commanding, you know, down the left, giving out orders. Probably having some like Mkhitaryan, or if it's going to be up on my Young playing outside left, you know, just keeping, you know, not only protecting but also helping with attacks or doing overlap runs. Because for me, keeping that uh, the was it Asperlequeta and them keeping them on the back foot would also be vital for us. Because you do not want people like him overlap, getting an overlap run and. Because I mean, his distribution is potent from the uh, from the right when he's whipping in crosses.
1: Even that that Alonso as Marcus Alonso is quite dangerous. He's also been mm. side for a few seasons now, the past two seasons. And an, what about Ballerin? Do you think Liechtenstein should start in before Ballerin, or do you think Ballerin gets the nod over him?
0: I would actually still stick to Ballerin for now. I mean, look, you Lichtenstein will be probably on the bench, but. For me right now, I, the more we're pushing forward and pressing forward, I think it's a safer bet like that than go, you know, going because, uh, look, he always has normally cover and he's normally somebody that will talk if he needs help on that right side. And I, I, for me, the question that that's actually, you know, pinging in my head at the moment is like who gets a number 10 role? Because if, if we're going with two holding mids like for today's game or, you know, one is going to be box to box, one is going to just sit you know, I just wonder who do they give it to—Ramsey? Do they give it to Ozil? But I mean, if you think Ramsey is a bit more combat- competitive to, in the midfield, that you know, in the, even in the number ten role, he's gonna put his foot in. He's gonna, you know, track to the halfway line, stuff like it. I just don't know because for me, it could be a game. If Ozil plays there, then you know, you just w- worry again. Does this game get again past Ozil? Where you know the, the tempo is so fast, he's just jogging along and not offering anything. Really, like it's like playing with ten men.
1: The, the 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 issue I think comes down to is that somebody's gonna have to get stuck in one of Ramsey Uzul Maktarren is gonna have to get stuck in whoever like you said gets a number ten well because if not then there's a problem we could get overrun again. I wonder even if maybe Emory decides to you know go with kind of like three sentiments where mm-hmm. they lie a bit deeper, maybe Ramsey a bit more advancing, but we kind of make the middle of the park quite compact so that we can battle them. Man for man in the middle of the park. So Ooh. it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but there is pressure on Arsenal, I feel. we three points behind last season's top, in the top six, we're three points behind everybody. So it's either, I think a point should be worst case scenario, but I think, I know it's a long way, and I know the aim is to get into top four, but it's not going to be a good thing to be Falling six points behind the chasing back so early in the season.
0: Because, I mean, when I look at it to some of the key players now for for Chelsea, you know, Hazard is going to probably be, you know, getting things ticking over for them in midfield and in an attack. Up front, I don't know, do the Sari stick with Morata? Because, I mean, he's sometimes he's shooting and it looks a bit erratic when he plays. You know he's always choking up his shots. He's not, you know, yeah. in that, that cool frame of mind when he's up front. So I wonder, do they stick Giroud up front for the game?
1: be uh, a titanic friend, battle. Our old friend Olivier Giroud. It's. I, I think we, we we normally struggle against Olivier Giroud type players.
0: Oh, they're holding the ball up, but I don't know. Maybe because look, Socrates is a no nonsense player. He's not going to let people just you know, back into him and things like he. He's somebody that will just go out and attack a ball every time it's done aerially or, you know, that low hard passes to the striker's feet. He's somebody that will get his boot in.
1: I, I saw that the the weekend, actually. He, he never took any, like you said, no nonsense. He took Aguero out a few times. So he lets the defender know that he is there. He's not that... Typical banger type defender who doesn't really get rough and tough for the striker. But I am thankful for that we're not having to play against Diego Costa.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean for me, another person that we need to keep an eye on is Pedro because he looks always like a slick customer. You know, when he's drifting through. Sometimes you see him out on the left, then you see him down the right, and you afterwards you see him person down the middle. So it's just another guy I need to keep an eye on today.
1: I think we should maybe rough up Kepa but uh, he's obviously second Premier League game it's going to be a quite a big game for him first big game so let's hopefully let Arsenal show him what the Premier League's about that it's not going to be as easy as it was playing for Bilbao
0: because I mean normally with with corners and that we're not that bad at the moment you can't see an improvement the way we've been playing now because it's a whole new also now with the with the um... Defending off corners, I don't know if you picked up, we have now ditched the, the zonal marking and now we actually do now go man-to-man when we defend. So I'm actually happy with that. So I just hope that adds to solidity in the team as well as when we're going up front against them, really attacking the balls at this new keeper. With.
1: But we've been saying that for years, that Arsenal awesome need to go away from that zonal marking because it doesn't work. it, it kind of epitomized... The end of Vegas in at the club where nobody wanted to take responsibility with anything. So with a zonal corner, zonal marking, that was perfect because you can't blame anybody when there's a goal. People will just look at each other and be like, "Was it your man? Was it my man?" But yeah. now there's more accountability now because if, for example, Jeru gets off and we know that's a Socrates guy, everybody will look at Socrates and be like, "It was his fault. He should have been marking Jeru."
0: Because that reminded me somewhat of that. That it- friend that we had against Chelsea in Dublin where um, Rudiger scored because we ended up putting uh, Emil Smith-Rowe on that guy and of course he just, you know, spun uh, spun off the, the youngster and he got a free header. But I mean, you could actually look, you, you know, the minute the ball went in, all the old defence and that looked at that kid and like, you know, you lost your man.
1: But uh, maybe the, the wrong guy to put on Rudiger. Yeah, of course, of course. Nice. Any predictions?
0: What's your predictions for today's game? Okay, I was wrong last week with my <laughs> two one. So I'm wrong. gonna play it. I'm gonna play it safe. I'll take a point today. You know, just to just to get a point on the board. Or of course, we want Arsenal to win as Gooners, but I think just to play it safe, let's just get a point. Let's just get a point on the board and take it from there. Because I think we got was it Cardiff next after that, or was it West Ham next?
1: West Ham, West them.
0: So, yeah, let's just see if we get on the board, some points on the board, and goals as well. I,
1: I, I'm feeling, uh, I'm going to go with it again, a, a two-all draw, a, a 2 old draw. Um, I think there's going to be goals in this game. It's just a mm-hmm. matter of who scores at first. If Chelsea scores it first, I think they could possibly shut the game down. But that being said, the Saudi guy guys, not somebody who believes in, you know, this defensive shutting the game down. He's played one of the most attractive football, according to Guardiola and Pochettino. So maybe this Arsenal and Chelsea game won't be as, you know, stalemate as it normally is.
0: Yeah. And with that, it's a wrap for another week. I hope you Gunners enjoyed today's game, and I hope we get a positive result. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you wanna say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.